You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, and we are proud to be partnered with Interstate Batteries. If you haven't visited your local Interstate Battery retail store to talk with a specialist about all your battery needs, you need to stop in. They have everything from batteries for your trail cameras, batteries for your rangefinders, batteries for your trucks, and everything in between. Uh, they have a battery for it. You can also go to find out more about the company and more about the batteries that they offer to interstatebatteries.com. This is a great company, a trustworthy company that has been around for several, 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 several years. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Parker McDonald. This is episode number 65. Today, I've got Drew Robbins here at the Southern Ground headquarters. We're talking about some of our highlights from this season's lessons learned and some of the gear that we really like this season so you guys stay tuned it's going to be a good episode this is the southern ground hunting podcast Welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. I'm joined here at the Southern Ground headquarters with uh, Mr. Drew Robbins. What's up, man? Hello, Bob. So, all right. So, if you if sorry if you, guys, if you guys listening to this are mm. familiar with North Alabama or specifically Coleman, Alabama, mm. um, maybe you know of of Duchess Donuts or the Duchess Bakery and. My they goodness. have Duchess Donuts, which put all Krispy Kremes to shame. Yes, it does. And Drew brought a bunch over today, and he's never had one before. What you think? It's like, Jesus, it'll change your life. It's That's pretty good. good. You wish you would have got a full dozen now, huh? <laughs> no. We wouldn't be good for nothing after this. Dang, I love these things. So, guys, if you hear smacking, just know we're tearing into some donuts. Oh, yeah. And we're, we're going to talk hunting. Oh, I brought you some jerky, too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know how how well that'll mix with the it donuts. Won't. That one's spicy. Okay. Spicy. Because, you know, end of the year, you know, you start to do some of your, you know, experiment with some now, different is this, things. Is this the dough or is this the, the buck that you killed? That is the buck that I killed. Okay. So, you mm-hmm. already yep. got that thing done. Got it done. And um, um, I got some more. The thawing right now and um i de-thawing de-thawing is that a thing defrosting <laughs> but defrosting is what thawing, i did this morning you know thawing would be freezing right i don't i defrost my car to get all the ice <laughs> off of it so i call it de-thawing de-thawing though mm-hmm. i think that's a d- double negative right if i knew what that was and i would agree with you <laughs> so <laughs> going off that florida panhandle education florida panhandle, a50 baby a50 Man, these things are good. Yeah, they're really guys. You should go by and check them out. Also, um, I'm always on the lookout for new jerky recipes. So, man, if you have some, text Facebook in because I would really like to get some more. Um, I love experimenting. Drew needs to know the best backstrap jerky recipes. No, I got that. Is this a back? Is this a backstrap jerky? 
Mm -mm. That is hind quarter right there. Holy crap, that's spicy. Told you it was. Goodness gracious, bro. Now, you did get one that had. But the flavor is insane. Pretty good, isn't it? Good flavor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So, we've got a few things to talk about today. This is just going to be me and Drew talking. If you don't like us, then you won't like this episode. Um, but we've had a couple couple episodes in a row now with Matt Powell and Jamie McKay and Michael Perry. Which, by the way, that one was all time. Yeah, that was one of the all time greats. That was a good one. I, I was, mean, I didn't even want to ask any questions. I just wanted to just be like y'all two just talk, listen to them talk. Just yeah, talk. yeah, and the you know the stuff that they were talking about, the way that they were playing off of each other, um, was really, really, really good. Yeah, they're. Those guys are insane. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, humble too. Yeah, super humble. But, um, did you hunt it all this week? No, man. We've we've had we've had a week. Um, um, we've had flu going around over here, mm-hmm. and so my little man got sick yesterday. He, he's got a fever. Um, my my baby girl was sick last week with the flu, and um, so I, I haven't got to do much hunting at all. I mean, my truck blew up couple weeks ago so it's not like a country song and so um <laughs> but in fact when i killed that buck i was i was about to put it on top of my minivan and decided i like my marriage and so um so you right to keep her around yeah now today would have been an awesome morning to go oh, bro but um it would you know little man sick and so i had to get baby girl to school and then it's also my wife's birthday and so so no, I haven't. I haven't done a whole lot of hunting. I know you. You hunted some at the start of the week. Yeah, I went. I went down to South Alabama to a WMA that I've never hunted before. Uh, well, I say I've never hunted it. I hunted it whenever I was like eleven. Yeah, but I mean, and so and I don't really remember much about it. My dad shot a shot a buck there mm-hmm. when we went at that time. Um, and it was like, it, it's the the land floods really bad mm-hmm. out there, and they'll close down this WMA from time to time because it's just too flooded. Yeah, and uh. So I happened to go at a time whenever it wasn't flooded, um, but it probably is right now with all the rain we've been getting. Yeah, we've been getting a ton of rain. But, um, man, it was a crazy, I went for three, well, really for two days. Mm-hmm. I hunted for two full days and saw three deer the whole time I was there. Um, and and I, and I don't blame it, you know, I think that the, the place is probably full of deer. Mm-hmm. I, dude, I found so much sign mm-hmm. so many scrapes so many rubs yeah i mean there was one ridge dude that i was hunting um that i spent the majority of the time hunting uh and walking down it in the daylight the one time i walked down into the daylight i probably i mean a 300 yard stretch there's probably over 100 rubs in there really i mean it was like every time i would look at a tree yeah it'd just be thrashed and these yeah. are like big tall rubs too not there's some little ones in there too, but yeah. there's some big tall ones too where yeah. you know like that's a good big deer. Boy's been in there. But um that first day on Monday I went in and I mean right off the bat, first light, I see a doe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay. And it's supposed to be a rut down there right, right. now. It's like and she was acting kinda weird. She was just standing in one spot just looking at something. Yeah. And she wasn't she wasn't feeding she wasn't moving I didn't I caught when I saw her I caught a tail flicker and she was only at like forty yards just standing there yeah and um, I thought okay maybe there's gonna be a buck with her and sure enough I see a another deer run towards her 
and I catch I kind of catch his antlers, mm-hmm. and I thought, okay, that's a that looks like a good one. I'm mm-hmm. gonna shoot him. So I get my gun up, and they're like probably like I said, like forty ish yards mm-hmm. maybe in some trees. So I can't really get a good look or right. a good shot. I can just tell that he has you know he's bigger than a spike, mm-hmm. and that's really all I can tell that he's right. a rag buck, and. I wasn't picky, man. Like I'm, I'm trying to have some of this jerky yeah. in my life. Like, uh, and I yeah. need some hamburger. Like, I'm just trying to fill a buck tag. I don't care what it looks like. Yeah, I'm just trying to fill a buck tag. And so, um, that doe kind of runs around, and he runs her and dogs her for, I mean, maybe thirty seconds, mm-hmm. and then she runs away, still in sight. Uh, and then he comes, just he just kind of walks away from her, just leaves her, hmm. and comes towards me. And so I get my gun up, I'm getting ready, and he's, like, just closing distance. He's going to give me the perfect shot that I pretty much set up for. Yeah. And uh, I get him in my scope, like, 25 yards, and I'm like, oh, man, that's not as big as I thought it was. (laughs) And I didn't shoot him. (laughs) The whole point of me going, the whole point of me going on this trip was just to kill any legal buck like yeah. i wasn't picky yeah I, I would have been thrilled to shoot him i don't know yeah. why I'd, i really i Cause really going to be you're pretty much your your last yeah hoorah yeah yeah i'm gonna go tomorrow yeah. but yeah tomorrow's I'm, the last day i get to go i'm 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 thinking about going monday i, I don't know though i mean it just depends on mm-hmm. the kiddo situation but i was going to ask you and, and maybe not down there in south alabama because of the rut but um, oh yeah, get you another one, man. Yeah, I gotta get another one get of these donuts. Um, did you see any feed trees being hit? No. Okay, because and the reason I ask is I've been driving around some up here, uh, and um, I've been seeing them out in fields underneath feed trees. Really? Yeah. Just now, granted, the weather has been warm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been talking to some buddies about it, and um. But they've been hitting them enough to where, or I've been seeing them underneath them enough that if I go on Monday, I'm probably going to go look for Acorn Flat and just sit on it. Because, I mean, they're, I, I, I don't know what it is. A, a friend of mine was talking, we were talking about it, and he, he had a good theory on it. Because we haven't had a really bad cold winter. I mean, we, we've had some spots where it got cold, but not sustained. And so, um, so normally with those acorns, whenever they drop, they freeze and deer don't like them anymore. Well, they haven't frozen this year. That was his theory, and I, I thought it was pretty solid, you know. And so, yeah. uh, so they 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 still taste a little a little sweet to them, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know, but they're they're. I've been driving they're on the road, and you know, and these aren't deer that are on the side of the road. These are deer that are in a field mm-hmm. feeding under like the lone oak tree out there. Yeah, that's dropping. And so well, I, I just thought it was interesting this late in the season that they're still hitting them. Out there, it definitely hasn't been cold, but it's been flooded. Mm-hmm. So that's the only. It's true. That's the only problem that I would have in that South Alabama WMA mm-hmm. is that it. I mean, the whole place was flooded, and you can see the high water line on yeah. the trees and stuff. So those a lot of those acorns have been sitting in water yeah. and probably rotted. Yeah. Um, now. There's also a ton of hog sign out there, mm-hmm. and you can tell where the hogs have come through, and they still eat the rotted acorns. They don't. Yeah, yeah. They don't hogs much don't care, care about it. Yeah. 
but I because I definitely found some that were freshly cracked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really where I was finding the most hog sign is where I was finding those because I'd see just like the, you know, just the yellow yeah. piles of acorn dust. Yeah, <laughs> you know where they had come through and yeah. and chewed on them. But um, now those deer they they weren't really feeding. I never really saw them feeding on anything because I was hunting more pinch points, transitions, yeah. and stuff like that. For um, rut and different things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good spots for them to chase a doe through and. Um, it was cool though. I mm-hmm. mean, it was fun. I could, the thing is, is that I could have tagged a buck mm-hmm. on my first sit in a new WMA. Yeah. Um, in the late season. Yeah. Which is pretty, pretty cool. And, and after I let him walk, cause it wasn't like I just didn't have a shot and you had him in bow range. <laughs> oh dude, I could have shot him with a bow. <laughs> It was it it was a weird thing, man, and I don't know I don't know what it what it is because I I mean from the moment I lost sight of him I was like, what the heck, Parker? What what were you thinking? <laughs> don't what you, you love doing? those conversations that you have with yeah. yourself in the tree where you just start talking to yourself like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I mean, why didn't you shoot why that didn't deer? You shoot him because the thing he wasn't he wasn't like I don't know if he was busted up or what, but there's one shot that I got on camera where he's walking away. And he's outside of his ears, um, and I would shoot pretty much any deer outside of his ears most of the time. I would, oh, yeah. I would think. Yeah. And uh, but he just didn't have anything to it. It was mm-hmm. just like he was like a, like a spike with a fork on, on the tops. Yeah. I don't know if he had any brow tines or not. I couldn't tell. He could have been a six point, but, I mean, from a long ways away, I thought he was a, a decent deer. Yeah. Then he got up closer, and I thought, nah. And then I rewatched the footage, and I'm like, ah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, man. why wouldn't I shoot that? Yeah. Especially given the circumstances, yeah. you know? I mean, I was disappointed in myself, if I'm being honest with you. I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, that's good. That's yeah. good that you let that little deer walk. And, you know, I'm trying to stick to my, what I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to try not to shoot small bucks this year. Um, and, and I've definitely stuck to that. I've let a lot of bucks that normally mm-hmm. i would shoot i let them walk but that one in the given situation and plus dude i, I wanted to be home <laughs> i wanted to just be done <laughs> and come home and hang out with my family and not procrastinate other things that i need to do yeah like I, that's there's a lot of things going through your mind yeah yeah and that might have been the problem there's a lot of things going through your mind dude it was i just got this overwhelming feeling though whenever i was out there and maybe some people can relate to this. I got this kind of overwhelming feeling that I just need to start having more fun doing it and, and stop putting the excessive amount of pressure on myself mm-hmm. to create content and to, to have enough videos to keep everybody, you know, watching. Like, I just need to have fun with it. And if it's if it's going to be fun for me, then I need to do it. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Amen to that, man. I just need to – I don't know, man. I, I've – I've learned a lot this season, mm-hmm. and and that's probably one of the greatest things, but that's kind of what I want to talk about mm-hmm. today is stuff we learned from yeah. the season, whether it be tactics-based or, mm-hmm. you know, just something like that that's more personal yeah, um, type stuff. Um, but that – I think I think every person, every deer hunter at the end of the season needs to evaluate because mm-hmm. if you're not learning anything, then you're ne- the next season is going to be – the same or worse than this season. Right. Personally, personal yeah. goals and just encounters with, with deer, with bucks, right. with whatever whatever your goals are. Um, you have to 
you have to draw things out that you learned. Right. You know. So you got anything? Yeah, I this do. Year? Um, a couple things. One, one of my goals being the first year in the saddle was to kill deer from the saddle mm-hmm. on public land. I had I had the opportunity missed, um, but I did have the opportunity, so that was awesome. But I think um, the best thing that I did the whole entire year was taking my little man with me and getting him introduced to it, and also not just introduced to it, but he got to see deer um, from the tree stand for the first time, which was just awesome. He just loved That's it. Cool. And so, so, um, so I gauge my season as a, a success, even though I only killed as of right now, unless I kill something this weekend, um, one buck and one doe. And so, but um, got little man introduced to it. He he's all about it, man. He he loves that jerky. That's, that's all he wants to eat is jerky. Like <laughs> we had to trick him. We had to say everything is jerky. Everything's deer meat. You know, like we go to the store, we get chicken. And he was like, hey, buddy, it's deer meat. And he's like, oh, it looks different. You know, and so, but so he he just loves it. One of the things um, I'm gonna have to get better at is um, I have a kindergartner and then a little man starting preschool next year. And so what I'm gonna have to learn how to do. And I've been thinking a lot about it. It's kind of like what Andy May does. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that joker finds deer in three days and kills them. I don't know. I, I just don't. I mean, it's just good, bro. I mean, he's just good. But I think it's a lot of cyber scouting. And then also it's a lot of um, he scouts more than he hunts, mm-hmm. you know. And so looking at what my schedule is going to be like over the next couple of years with kids getting involved in school and different things like that. I'm going to have to pour a lot more into the cyber scouting and then also um, kind of rewire, rewire my brain in the sense of that when I do get a weekend to hunt or a Friday, Saturday, you know, that Friday is spent scouting. And, you know, you know if it, if it's gun season, I can, you know, ease along. And, but if it's bow season, scouting and then setting up for Saturday and really taking advantage of my time um, – better than what I did this year, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, and, and part of that is just, you know, cyber scouting, you know, don't know what to look for on, on a topo. Um, Onyx really helps for that because you can zoom in and see the different, you know, if it's gray or green or whatever, that, that's awesome. But also just getting out of their boots on the ground and not worrying about, not worrying about hunting just cause I have time to, you know, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Like if I have Friday, Saturday to hunt, I don't need to look at it as oh you know Thursday I'm I'm on Thursday night is get all my stuff together because I'm going to hunt all four times or all two days mm-hmm. okay um, I I did that this year some and obviously I only killed one buck and one doe mm-hmm. you know so um, that's still a good year though yeah I mean it's it's not it's, a bad season it's not bad um, I'm I'm not disappointed at all with my season um, and you know really um, but just doing that. You know, getting better at reading a topo on Onyx, being better able to look at a a um, map and say, kind of, you know, I know Ted Ted Bright does this. He he mm-hmm. he, he makes squares of stuff he's interested in, you know, and looking mm-hmm. at, you know, doing stuff like that, like okay, this area right here, and being able to walk to it and look at it and you know scout it and then go no or yes and then hunt it. And so, but my time is going to be very much limited with two kids in school. And I know there's a lot of people out there listening that are in in, in the same boat, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, so guys like Jamie McKay that we were talking to, I, I was I was taking note of little things, you know. Like he he walked a trail six miles out and just yeah. walked it, and just walked it. He he also did something um, where he would he would take the leaves and brush them back because both of them look for tracks. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool that both of them said the same thing. Both of them key in on big deer tracks mm-hmm. because rubs and scrapes will lie to you. Yeah. You know, in the sense yeah. of daylight movement. Daylight movement, you Definitely. know. But um, tracks never lie. And so, um, but Jamie even had where he would brush out like a trail, track it on Friday, come back the next day and say, oh, he crossed. Mm-hmm. We used to do that dog hunting. We, just, we would take a drag and just drag roads, you yeah. know. And so he was doing the same thing, just just still hunting. I thought that was really, really mm-hmm. cool. And we didn't get a chance to cover that because there's so much good stuff in that episode. But doing stuff like that where um, – because um, Jamie's a blue-collar guy too. Yeah. You know, works works um, um, works um, a lot. Works a lot, you know, <laughs> yeah. but still killed three deer, you know. And so um, three bucks. And so that's one of the things that I'm going to take away is really getting better at the cyber scouting and not mm-hmm. just looking at the map going – Oh man, that's cool. That's a ridge. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and then also the other thing too, I need to mark things better on my Onyx when I'm out in the field. I have a really bad habit of just going by. Oh, that's a cool scrape. Yeah. Ah, that's that's nice rub. You know. Yeah. I do and that, that too. and and that's it. But being able to put that down to where you can pull it up and look at it and go, huh, that that rub line is running right into that thicket. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a reason. You know. I did that so. Um, that, that's something that I, this year have decided that I, I was going to get better at. Mm-hmm. And later in the season is when I kind of decided to, I did, I did, so I did some unconventional stuff during the late season and we're talking like the season's almost like it's like, it's already over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not over until it's over. Right. But we've got what from today, four days, four days like yeah. that. ends on Monday, ends which on is, Monday, which is unique, but it does. Yeah. It's a weird day for it to end, but, um, so we got four days left. It's pretty much over. That's why we're kind mm-hmm. of doing this episode. But in the late season, after the rut out here in these big woods areas, it's like the deer just disappear. It's like they're just gone. Dive in a cage or something. Yeah. I don't know where they go. I would imagine they're going on to private land where there's food sources, um, more dependable food sources like mm-hmm. corn, um, food plots, and things like that. But they just disappear. And so I've been taking my late season here at home, and – really just trying some unconventional stuff, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of scouting, mm-hmm. um, still hunting a lot, yeah. um, covering big, huge areas in a morning, yeah. you know, hunting till nine or so, and then getting down and just kind of covering yeah. a bunch of land just to see if the deer are even in there. Right. And um, the one thing I did the other day was I just took my boat and went all the way up to the river where pretty much as far as I could go where there's public on both sides of it and just floated back, just let the current float me back. And I was just glassing looking for deer ridges, looking yeah. for deer. At one point I got out and just glassed a knob that mm-hmm. was like perfect, like mountain laurel mm-hmm. cover on it. And I mean, just perfect for bedding with the wind that was good. That was right there. So that wind was going over the top of that knob. Right. And the thermals would be rising up. Right. Off of that, off of the water. Right. And I thought, man, that's going to be perfect. And it was covered in that mountain laurel. Dude, it, it would be perfect. So I just got across the way from it and just mm-hmm. glassed it. Yeah. Just like Western style. Yeah. Just glassing it, seeing if I could catch an ear flicker or just looking in those areas where that bed should be at mm-hmm. and just tearing it apart. And I spent about an hour doing that. Um, but then uh, that was all first thing in the morning and then late in the afternoon or late in the morning into the afternoon 
I just went out and scouted, mm -hmm. you know, just scouting as fresh rut sign as I could possibly find. Yeah. And um, for next year, yeah. you know, um, that's not for this year. It's right. for next it's, year. It's for next year. Um, Which I also thought Michael Perry said that too. He does the bulk of his scouting postseason. Mm -hmm. and, and, and we were talking about that, that rut sign. That's mm -hmm. what he's looking for. He's looking for rut sign. Yeah. Because if you're looking for fresh sign, you're just not going to find it out here right now. in big woods. Yeah. You're not going to find it with the rut sign. No. They're not in the same areas. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be in those same areas mm -hmm. unless there's food somewhere close by. Right. That's why, like, Midwestern, even Tennessee, they can do a little bit better in the late season than us here in North Alabama because we don't have food. We don't have crops yeah. and, and things like that that can, that can really work to your advantage for late season. You mm -hmm. killed that buck late season a couple of weeks ago in a food plot. Food plot, yeah. Because it's a food plot. Yeah. Like Yeah. That's when and it pisses me off, man, when I'm seeing I'm hearing guys I was talking to my uncle uh the other day and he's on a club out mm -hmm. here and he said most of the guys just stop filling up feeders. Mm -hmm. Stop filling up their corn feeders. They're done. Late season deer aren't gonna be moving. I'm like this is the time to have that corn feeder yeah, filled this, if, up. If there was, yes. Like, right they're not going to be there during the early season. You're, you're just not going to find them no. as consistently over a corn feeder as you will in the late season. Yeah. If there ever was a time to hunt over corn, which is legal here in Alabama now right. on private land, then now's yeah. the time. <laughs> but I'll even tell you this, too. The buck I killed um, – there was there was corn out there, but mm -hmm. he was not on it. He was on that green stuff. Yeah, and um and I mean it was just it wasn't and wasn't nothing special. I mean something just the you know three and one seven and one you get at your local co op. I mm -hmm. mean so it wasn't anything yeah. like. There's not radishes or anything out there. It's yeah. just you you know just regular seven and one stuff. But he was not on the corn. He mm -hmm. was he was on the green stuff. And those other bucks that were fighting were not on the corn. They were on the green stuff. And that's pretty common right now. It is. Uh, the I saw two bucks the day I killed that coyote. Mm -hmm. Two little bucks, and um, they came out on that spot because there was a vine. There was you mm -hmm. could tell like they were their destination at that point was to get to this vine that they could eat. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I mean, it was through some pretty thick stuff, but I could see him getting yeah. up on his back legs and grabbing that vine down with his mouth. Yeah. So, and, uh, and I, I mean, I've seen that a lot during this time of year. If you can find that green, something green something that green. they want. Something green. You can, you can get on them. Mm -hmm. I mean, not get on them. You're not going to see them consistently, no. but you'll, you might see them. You're going to up your odds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, like, that's kind of the, some of the things that I've been doing in this late season is just being a little more aggressive. Uh, by a little mm -hmm. more, I mean a lot more aggressive. Yeah, I'm I'm crowding into those bedding areas. Yeah, and I'm not going to say it's paid off because I haven't shot, I haven't shot a buck, but I've had opportunities to shoot some smaller bucks, you know, right. and I've seen a pile of freaking does. Yeah, and um, you know when, you know, in the past, I just during this part of the season, it's just like kind of a bust. I just yeah. don't see anything. Yeah. I've still been able to be picky and right. still been able to be. Um, you know, kind of stick to my goal of not shooting spike or whatever because mm -hmm. I've I've seen a decent amount of deer, right? And so, um, that being said, dude, 
I got one more sit, maybe two more sits mm-hmm. in me, and if I see a spike, he's gonna die. Yeah, like that's just on record. Yeah, it's on record. If I see a spike and I don't kill so it, so you're telling me you're not gonna let a deer walk if it's outside the ears? That's what you're telling me. I'm not gonna let a deer walk <laughs> if it's inside the ears, dude. Like, if I had plenty of deer meat, if I was good on meat, I would be like, oh, I'm fine with not tagging out. Yeah, this has nothing to do with the tag out. It has everything to do with. I need hamburger. I need hamburger. Like that's all I need. That's just and I'm not hamburger. and I'm not gonna take it from somebody else. I've had people like, dude, I'll give you some. I was talking to Michael Pike the other yeah. day and he's like, Man, I got some. I don't really like deer meat that much. So he's like, I I'll give you I'll give you some if you need some and I was like, No, I'm not gonna do that. Now we still have to um we still have to ground up your quarters though. Yeah, we can and we can do we, that. We can do that. Um so I, you know, I'm not gonna start. It's just that's a little bitty deer. It's not a lot of deer meat. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. That's where I'm at, man. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited about what the, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that the season did bring. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, learning things, man. We talked about this in an episode. This is one of the things, big things that I've learned this year was the common denominator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and really, you, you hear a lot of people. Uh, I was talking to Matt Powell a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and he said he hears the must be nice from a lot of guys mm-hmm. who are because he hunts a lot. He prioritizes his life mm-hmm. basically around killing deer. Mm-hmm. That's what he loves to do. Yeah, that's why it's taken him so long to get married. Yeah, because <laughs> he couldn't find somebody that was okay <laughs> with where his priorities were, and that's okay. Like everybody has something. Right, dude. I know a lot of people who their priority is golf. They're gonna play golf during the week. Yeah, like that's just what they're gonna do. Yeah. And they kind of based their whole life around playing golf. Yeah. And, and you know, guys like <clears> us, <throat> we love to deer hunt. We love our family. And for me and you, we love our church. Right. So we got to figure out a way to prioritize those things. But if you love if you love it enough, you'll make it work. Right. And and that's so that's what kind of what I'm doing. It's a it's a big time discipline mm-hmm. to do some of the work right, you know, on the front end or the back end of the season. Right. But it can also pay off big time. Yeah. And and one of those things was just trying to figure out those common denominators of past seasons. So looking at mapping out, mm-hmm. okay, where have I had encounters with bucks? Right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. Mm-hmm. And putting it on a map. Go on Onyx. On and this is what I did. Put it on the map where right. you saw your – I have the little buck icon. Right. Put that there. And then figure out his – if you can remember, which I most of the time I can remember the kind of the the conditions mm-hmm. and the wind direction. If you can remember all those things, try to yeah. put a mental note on there. Yeah. Um, basically, just put the whole situation, what the what direction they were coming from, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then once you have all that, once you have kind of the story of all those bucks mapped out, find those common denominators. Mm-hmm. Okay, this spot looks like. Here, right. um, there's a, a, a pine transition mm-hmm. into a, a young pine right. clear-cut type area. Um, over here, well, there's one right there. There's a, a pine transition. Or, or maybe it's a terrain feature like a bluff gap right. that Jamie's talked about yeah. um, and Michael talked about. Um, there, dude, there's so many different things that, you could, that it could be. Um, but the thing for me that always kind of came back to the common – what as the common denominator was those like three way transitions. Mm-hmm. So pines, 
clear cut hardwoods. Right. Like almost every deer that I've killed. Right. Has been somewhere close to that. Mm-hmm. And so I just started doing that like almost a hundred percent of the time, mm-hmm. unless I know of a spot, there's a spot that I've hunted that you, where you missed this deer mm-hmm. at. <clears throat> there's not really a transition there. Mm-mm. It's kind of a, just a bottom, just a hardwood yeah, well, yeah, bottom. It goes from a ridge to a creek bottom. But there, I mean, there's a slight transition, but it's nothing. It's not um, like a, a hard no, line transition. No, no, no. And uh, and but there's deer in there, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of deer in there. So like when I hunt that spot, I'm obviously not hunting a transition. Right. But I can't think of a whole lot of other spots where I'm not yeah. hunting some type well, of transition. If you even look at um, the the hunting public stuff, I mean, and and you look at where they they kill their deer at mm-hmm. you know um I'm, i was going back and watching some of their videos um yesterday um or no it was that year year in review that mm-hmm. greg put out you know um which which was cool but i got to looking at all, at all the kills and like outside of that one they killed in the canola field um but i mean it was coming to a corn mm-hmm. it was a transition if yeah it was a transition it, for out there yeah and i got to look at it, i was like all these deer are on some type of transition whether that's from a creek bottom um, like a hardwood draw to a um, C, to, to CRP field mm-hmm. or a fence row or it was some type of transition, and um, so I mean you know growing up in the southeast like like me and you have especially hunting clubs and stuff what what you get a lot or um, you get a lot of just pines just mm-hmm. a pine thicket you get like monotonous yeah you just get monotonous it's like I'm gonna set up on this pine thicket I can see a hundred yards. Mm-hmm. And hope you know, and and hey, I've I've killed deer doing that. Yeah, but I think just like just like we said, and you've heard us say it, stacking the odds. Like if if you can find transition, even in those pine thickets, if you can find just a subtle transition. Yeah, you're looking for those. That's like, where they're at. You're looking for those like concentrated areas, mm-hmm. right? That you can go into a pine thicket and find deer sign and everywhere. You can find. You can go into a hardwood bottom, just monotonous hardwoods. Well, like where I was at, just that flooded timber, mm-hmm. I could go into any spot out there and find deer tracks. Right. They're there at some point, right? But the concentrated spots of tracks, like where the trails really start to meet, is going to be in those transitions. And here in 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 a lot of these big woods areas, um, I know where I hunt most of the time. It's the case; those transitions are going to be on private public borders, mm-hmm. and uh, and so. I was talking to a guy yesterday on Facebook. I think 95% probably of the bucks that I've killed mm-hmm. have been walking. I mean, they just walked off of private land. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, that's not something I learned this year. That wouldn't be a lesson that I've learned this year. That's right. something I've been doing. But more so than looking at just transitions, so from hardwoods to pines, which if that's all you've got, then that's awesome. Got. Yeah. The the best thing that you can do in those situations is walk that transition mm-hmm. and find where they're entering or exiting or what they're doing right, right. there. That's a, to find those concentrated spots. But if you've got a three-way mm-hmm. transition, dude, I mean, the big the big eight-point that I killed yeah. this year, three-way transition. Mm-hmm. And and here's what it does. All it, all you're doing is there. The, all those – vegetation types offer something mm-hmm. right to that to that animal whether it's yeah. cover for bedding uh, cover for travel food yeah, whatever it offers something what you're doing when you can find that three-way transition is that you're saying i don't have to go up and booger that transition line by watching by mm-hmm. walking it yeah yet i can i can sit it a couple times 
and see if basically what is normally true is true in this spot. Right. And almost always they have come out of that that uh, T, I mm-hmm. guess, in the three-way. Yeah. We don't have a ton of four-way transitions out no. here, but if you can find it, it'll be right in the X, which is what Matt was saying, the X right. marks the spot. You find those all those things coming together, that, that center spot is going to be where yeah. you need to be at. Um, so I've been really trying to break that down this season. Mm-hmm. Those just that um, multiple transitions, what's been the most valuable. And I'll tell you what's been, if I'm just being honest, um, most of the public is the hardwoods, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not seeing what deer are crossing from the pines to the mm-hmm. clear cuts or whatever because I just can't see them because they're right. on public land. But I will say that most of the time it's not deer going from the public hardwoods into the private. Yeah, It's coming off of the private into yeah. the hardwoods. So there's something to think about because mm-hmm. I'm in there and, and, and in the mornings. Yeah. So what you would think, what you would assume is that in the mornings, early in the first thing in the morning, those bucks will be coming out of the hardwoods where they've been feeding, right. um, or, or all the deer have been feeding in the hardwoods in those hardwood bottoms, and they'll be going back up into the into the pines yeah. to bed, yeah. into those points. That just hasn't been the case, and I don't know why. Maybe it's just something more specific to this area, the the water access yeah. that I'm doing, because they'll tend to bed on those points overlooking the water. Maybe they prefer that more than bedding up in those thick pines um, because maybe the water offers a, a different advantage to them. Yeah. Um, I I also have a theory on that too. I think it's visual. Yeah. Because in a heavy pine thicket, you know, bobcat, coyote, something like that can sneak up mm-hmm. a lot easier. So um, you're saying you think they'll choose like a thicket in some hardwoods with some maybe mountain laurel or something in there versus a pine thicket. Yeah. That's, that's what I think just because – and I mean, it, it's the same reason we all love hunting pine thickets as 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 hunters. It's quiet. Yeah, I can ease on pine needles a lot quieter than I can on on a hardwood ridge that has leaves all over it. We sound yeah. like doggone <laughs> freight trains walking through there, you know. But but a predator would be the same way, yeah. e- even quieter, yeah. you know. And so I think that's why we're seeing a lot of that right there coming off, or even just I mean, it's the same. It's it's the same thing with you getting out in the middle of the day walking a hardwood ridge, and all of a sudden two does jump up, and you look mm-hmm. over a hundred yards. There's a there's a pine thicket right there. You're like, mm-hmm. that don't make no sense. You know, yeah. there's there's uh, I got a I have I have a thirty acre piece that, that I get um, to hunt, and um, there's a pine thicket that's forty acres, and I jump deer on that thirty acres. Is all it's just open hardwoods. Mm-hmm. And they're just bedded on a little knob they're bedded in, there. in there, yeah. And then they just jump up and go and run into the security cover, which is the um, pines. That's where they run to. Yeah. And it, it happens almost every time. Huh. And so you get to thinking about it, you're like, okay, um, why? And every time that I've come in there, the wind's been in my face, so they're not smelling me. They see me, and they jump up and run. And so I think they like to bed out in these open hardwoods because um, they can see. Hmm. They can see better than in a thick. That's interesting. It's so it's against everything. That it, it is. It's that against everything. Because and 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 even me, I was sitting there. I was looking at it. I was like, oh, they're just you know that, that was just that was just luck. Well, that happens are you four normally, times. Are, now, let me ask you this: Are you normally seeing does? Yeah. Is that no, usually does that are doing that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's that could have something to do with it too. It's normally does. 
And now, I mean, there there has been some bucks. I mean, but bucks are especially and Dan 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 Infault talks about this a lot. Hunting a mature buck is just a completely different animal. Yeah. There's no really no rhyme or reason until you find mm-hmm. his bedding. You know. Yeah. Even then, it's it, it's still difficult. But these these small bucks, they'll they'll bed out in the middle of hardwoods. I've mm-hmm. also seen a big buck just bed right in the middle of uh, open hardwoods where you're like, surely I'd be able to see him. Yeah. And he and he stands up seventy five yards from you, and you're just like. Oh, how did I not see that? And you try yeah. to get a running shot on him, hit a pine tree, you know, yeah. or hit a hit hit a oak tree. I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but um, it's it, it's opposite of what we think, especially here in the South, because we we've grown up just assuming, well, that's that's bedding. Yeah, it might actually be security cover. Mm-hmm. So it's just a thought. I'm gonna. My next thing is kind of against what you just said. That's normally how ours works. Uh, but <laughs> but one of the things that I've been doing this year is kind of, um, you know, I, I found an area during turkey season last year. And if people have watched the videos, uh, you'll know the area that I'm talking about. I've been in there a lot this mm-hmm. year. And it's where me and my dad spent the majority of our time, where I saw a bunch of bucks in there, a bunch of deer, period. Me mm-hmm. and Alex were in there yeah. when he shot his doe. Um, just threw it on his pack and walked out. Just yeah, just threw it on his pack and walked out like a beast. Um, but this whole area, right? It, I found it during turkey season, and was pretty mm. stoked about it. And it turned out to be just as good as I thought it was going to be. But it's all like, like it's a if you can think about like a like a, a hill almost, just a mound. Mm-hmm. It's 115 acres, I think, mm-hmm. is what this little piece is. And the top of it, the whole top of it is just a big dense sage grass, briars, um, really hard to walk through mm-hmm. bedding area area, mm-hmm. right? And so you've heard John Eberhart talk about bedding areas mm-hmm. more so than specific beds, like Dan Infault, somebody right. like Dan Infault talks about. And uh, so I've concentrated a lot of my time on hunting this big bedding area. And I've walked through it, man. Like, if, if you watch the video of me and Alex, of us hunting that day, mm-hmm. I found some serious buck sign and some big buck beds in there. So I yeah. know it's it's bucks that are bedding in there as well as does. Yeah. And, and I know there's one big buck that was bedding in there for sure. Um, but I, I have kind of – I'm not going to say that that's the only way that I'll hunt is big bedding areas like that. Because if that's what I'm going to do, then I'm just going to be screwed. Because mm-hmm. I can't find there's not a whole lot of those type of areas. Yeah, but that's a good one. Like mm-hmm. that's something that I kind of added to the arsenal, I guess. For me, is instead of just hunting buck beds or points like that, where I figured a bed is going to be like mm-hmm. assumed buck bedding. Um, hunting mm-hmm. these areas that mm-hmm. you know they're big enough. Somebody's some buck is or some deer is going to be bedded in there. Yeah. And, and I can almost guarantee you right now, as we're speaking, there's deer bedded in that little spot. Yeah. Cause there's just so many beds. There's so much sign. The only way you can walk through it is by walking the deer trails out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's something that I, and it's, I mean, it is the densest cover in the area. Mm-hmm. It just is. Yeah. And that's kind of what John Eberhart talks about is when he says he, he's hunting a bedding area, it's the densest cover area mm-hmm. in that on yeah. that piece yeah john also say a lot um 
security cover. Mm-hmm. He he, I think he uses those interchangeably. I'm not sure on that. I'm not I'm not going to speak for him, but just in kind of listening to some of his podcasts or him being guest on some podcasts, that um, that's what he looks. He he kind of uses them interchangeably, and so um, it's it's just been really interesting because I mean we 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 we've all done it. We've all walked a ridge, jumped deer, and you're just like, how did I not see them? Mm-hmm. You you know or like why why are they there? You know it's literally it's in the middle, and I think some of it too, man. And I don't I don't know if this is right or wrong, but it's, they're they're sunning themselves, mm-hmm. like they're they're literally just in the in the sun, and they they find an open in the canopy, and they're just they're just snoozing, just yeah. sunning themselves, and they hear me or see me, and then jump up and you know bound off, and so I mean. I think we make it too difficult sometimes in the sense of like, you know, uh, like we we try to come up with all these theories and everything like that. Maybe they're there because the sun's there and it's nice and comfortable for them. They just lay down. Yeah. You know, um, when I was, when I was hunting that, um, that buck that that I shot prior to those other bucks coming out, there was five does out in the field, you know, and they were in the sunny part of the field. Mm -hmm. They all, they just laid down, just smooth, just sat down right in in the middle of the field. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Make yourself a home, you know? Yeah. And and so, but it was because, I mean, it was nice, it was comfortable, they were, they were sunning themselves. And I know it sounds weird because you're like, that's what that's what we do, you know? <laughs> and the, yeah. Yeah, you know? Um, well, but fish do it. Fish do it. Snakes do it. Snakes do it. Yeah, know? I mean, animals kind of do that. Mm-hmm. You see cats do it all the time. Hogs, hogs will do it. Hogs will fall asleep in the middle of a hardwood ridge. You can sneak up on them and pat them, you know? Yeah. And um, I wouldn't advise that. But yeah, don't do that. Um, so, I, there's a lot of things that that I've learned this year that I'm gonna take into next year. Um, I didn't. One thing I am gonna do this year. I didn't do any postseason scouting last year. Mm-hmm. I just just didn't have stuff come up and just. Um, so I'm gonna try to get out and do some more postseason scouting this year. At least, you know, knock around some trails. Just like Jamie said, man, just walk a trail. Just yeah. walk a trail out. You can find you know so much just by walking a trail. I thought it was really cool too. That trail, that deer trail, was six miles long. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because we we just think of deer in our little, you know, hundred fifteen acres. Mm-hmm. That, that's all they travel. Where are they gonna be at in yeah. hundred fifteen? Yeah, where yeah. they gonna be at in hundred fifteen acres? And it's like there's not a fence around it, you know. Yeah, like he, Jamie walked six miles on on a deer trail, and um, that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, um, I, the area that I'm talking about, the 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 big bedding area. I walked it the other day, and uh, it was pretty. I knew it was going to be the last time that I hunted it, so I wanted to really try to just. I wanted to walk the whole around the whole thing, and there's a deer trail almost track around this whole circle. Yeah, and uh, I mean that that gave me so much more intel than mm-hmm. I already had of saying like, okay, this is where it looks like a lot of concentrated sign is at. Yeah, and I hadn't even been hunting close to this. Yeah, you know, and so. Um, I think that's, I think that's good. You know, the walking those deer trails out, you know, that's never going to be a bad yeah, idea. Never, never. The other thing is you need to start turkey hunting because a lot of these places that I'm finding with a good sign and I'm finding old, you know, old mm-hmm. rut sign, I'm finding them during turkey season Yeah, because I, you're running around so much. It's just true. a scouting. I'm going I'm to go with you. I'm we're, just we're saying. Gonna go, I'm gonna go film you bust some heads. I'm just saying. And if you know, if there's, I'll, I'll carry my shotgun. Yeah, 
And so I, I, I already bought tags. I mean, so it's not Might like. Might as well. You, you know. It's like you get to go scout and kill stuff. I mean, you know. You like know. you can. It's not like you just have to go scout and not do, you know, well, just yeah, walk around. Yeah, yeah, you get to actually kill yeah, something yeah. if you want to. That's true. Uh, well, I found the spot that I shot my buck at. My yeah, eight point. Hunting. That was turkey hunting. Yeah, it's true. I uh, found, I mean, crap, dude. It's true. When you really think about it, I found a lot of these spots turkey hunting. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something else we can put in here into this podcast episode is just go turkey hunting. Just tur- start if you if you want to scout, <laughs> if you really want to scout, but you don't really maybe want to scout because you don't have the motivation to go out. Like a lot of us have the motivation to go out to, when we get to kill something, when we get to hunt. Mm-hmm. But going out and scouting, a lot of people don't do it. They don't prioritize it because it's just kind of work. You know, it's work on the front end. Yeah, take up turkey hunting. Get good at it. Figure out how to call. Where you can kill something, bust some heads, and then and then you can scout at the same time. Like that's worked really well for me. Now that I'm thinking about it, sure. it's been I'm a game, very man. beneficial Any, thing. Anything outside, I'm I'm totally game for. I'm totally game for. Now I want to ask a different question because we've been talking tactics, just year in review. Um, let's talk about equipment real quick. I know we don't got too much more time. No, we're good. Yeah. Um, but. Um, are you going to make changes to any of your setups? And if so, what's what's a couple of the m- major ones, if if you are? Yeah, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Yep. Um, so, number one, uh, I've got a Phantom saddle, and that's the best saddle ever made, ever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really excited about that. I hunted out of the Mantis the majority of the season in the right. Phantom the last, you know, little bit, but – um, so that's a that's something that mm-hmm. ne- next year I'll be hunting with all season long, yeah. and that'll be cool. Um, I may be I may switch to uh, climbing spikes, mm-hmm. um, and I say that aloud because it is legal in Alabama to use climbing spurs. Mm-hmm. You can use them. Yeah. Um, you can't use screw and steps, can't but you can use step. spikes. Right. Okay. So uh, I may be doing that. Um, maybe not. I don't know. I really like my sticks in Aider. It's easy for me. Um, probably not going to change my sticks. There's a lot of new sticks that came out, but I probably won't change them. I like the Hawk Heliums Mm -hmm. pretty good. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. The biggest thing for me that I thought was the best positive change that I made this year was that Everly Stock X2, Mm -hmm. that pack. Oh my gosh, man. It just made life as a self filmer and as a saddle hunter so much easier yeah like last year i was using a cheap academy bag and it worked fine like i made mm-hmm. do with what i had but uh this everly stock has definitely made yeah made things easier on me yeah uh, as far as like my system i talk I talk about it a lot with with some of my my friends that sell film adam cruz and mm-hmm. walter lee uh at one point who, adam who is walter lee uh he's a loser okay um at one point, Adam was getting really frustrated about his uh, about his setup and like kind of his setup time. Mm-hmm. You know, he felt like it was taking him too long. I think it was Adam, it may have been Walter. Um, but one of the things that I've tried to do, you know, pretty consistently is have like this like a routine or mm-hmm. a system in place where like you you do everything the exact same from the time right. you find your tree. Right. You do everything the exact same every time. There's not really a right way or a wrong way to do it. Right. You just got to do it the same way and learn it. You right. know, like right. it's, it's your playbook. You know, right. you learn it. And uh, so I think if you're going to start filming or 
or, or saddle hunting. Like it makes things a lot easier if you have a system for saddle hunting too, right. not just randomly doing random things. Right. Um, like I get to a certain spot in my climbing and that's where I put my platform on every time. I don't change it. You mm-hmm. know, I don't, I don't do anything different. Yeah. You know, unless the branches make me. Yeah. Um, so, but that bag made, has made that routine and that system. It's dude, it's just been amazing. Yeah. So I would encourage anybody who's doing that kind of stuff, filming or saddle hunting to check out that, that pack. Cause that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, we'll not be changing that one unless right. somebody comes out with something that's, that looks better. Mm-hmm. I probably won't change that one. Yeah. Um, things I'm going to change, um, my bow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, uh, get a new bow. Mm-hmm. Probably, uh, I hope my mm-hmm. my current one is for sale right now. So if you know anybody looking for uh, a, a GX2, then I got it for sale. It's a great bow. I really like it. The the reason I'm changing it is because I really want to try one of those really short axle axle bows. Whether mm-hmm. it be you know the Matthews Triax or something that's you know 28 mm-hmm. inches, or something really short like a Gearhead. Yeah. Or I shot one at the ATA show called the. Uh, uh, Alien Archery. Mm-hmm. It's a new company, and it's kind of that short, like twenty-inch axle-to-axle bow. I think it's just going to be better for a saddle. Yeah, that's that's really my only reason for changing bows, um, is because I want something, especially filming when you have a camera on your right side, yeah, which is your weak side. You can't come over your bridge and shoot like most people can, right? Because you got with a normal size bow, because that camera arm's jutting out. If you got a shorter bow you have a little more likelihood of being able to do that right take that shot right so um last thing arrow setup glad glad you talked about that yeah i've got to go to which i've been thinking about this it kind of it's kind of funny um you know thp just did a podcast and a video with ranch fairy i've been watching him on recommendation from uh a buddy clayton bond Mm -hmm. and uh I mean, and he's great. Like he really he's, is. He, he's a hoot, man. He's but, a hoot, but he knows he, he knows what he's talking about. And and I think um, a heavier arrow setup. Which I, at the beginning of the season, I started with. Okay, I'm going to go to fix mm-hmm. fix broadheads, fix blade broadheads, and uh, didn't do the probably the amount of work that I needed to do to set my arrow up with my bow for that broadhead. Right. And it just screwed me. Right. Honestly, so. Uh, I'm not going to go too into depth with what I'm going to do because I don't really know what I'm going to do, but right. I am going to, it's all going to probably depend on what bow that I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to have to get that, a new bow before I, right. before of I course. switch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else on the kayak end, probably not. My new canoe has been, what well, this is my first season using the new canoe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I could talk about that for a second. That was one of the, the greatest things that I ever did was mm. get a new canoe for kayak hunting like that thing is awesome yes it, it's sweet man that is a sweet boat a little two and a half on the back yeah get and the two and, half, two and a half didn't work half the half the season <laughs> uh but that was my fault i could have got it fixed i just didn't want to pay to get it fixed um it was just the jets were just uh had like a little piece of stuff in it but um so yeah that new canoe if you're in, interested in kayak hunting I'm not a gear junkie though, man. Like honestly, I'm just I'm probably the I wrong know, person to talk about that. It's the off season, and that's what you do in the off season is you yeah. is you look at your gear and you evaluate your gear and say, okay, what worked, what didn't, or if, if I want to change, if I want to do a new site, or you know whatever. 
You know, you don't. You know. I'm I'm a practical person. Like that's all I really want is something that's going to make it yeah easy on the practical side. Yeah. Um, I don't really care about having the best, mm. you know, binos or best like. When people start talking about gear, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you can you can go down a rabbit hole because I mean it's the same thing with phones. You yeah, know? like it, it's like um, you know I, I bought the iPhone 11 and it's like that's great. It's got the blah blah blah. Yeah, processor next year next year is gonna have so and, and so you're like, oh card, man, I, yeah, I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. And so just 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 get what works for you. When well, people start talking about com- bows and they're like, oh, it's it's rated for average speed, and I'm yeah. like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You can kill him with a yeah. You can kill him with a dang spear. Yeah, you know, going. Not, not in Alabama. Yeah, not in Alabama. You can't. <laughs> I think mine, you know, was the saddle and the Predator platform this year. Um, we we we've talked about that. So, um, so that so that was that got me into some positions, even even on my hunting club, mm-hmm. that no one else was gonna was gonna go. And yeah. um, I actually told you we actually ate lunch and um. And I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm going to kill this deer," and I I, I messed up, and so, um, and and I didn't kill him. But having that uh, allowed me to go in there and and get to a spot where no one else was going. So yeah. that that was awesome. Um, I think from a um, equipment standpoint, um, the only thing that I'm going to change is um, well, a couple things. I'm going to get a, a good pack. Um, one that um, I can pack out meat with. Mm-hmm. Um, That's another thing about the X2 that mm-hmm. it did. It gave me the opportunity to, yeah, and if I needed to pack. So I'm gonna out. I'm gonna upgrade the pack, um, and so 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 I can do that. And then um, I'm gonna go to heavy arrow, and um, and I'm, I might even change because I'm I'm pulling, I think I'm pulling like right at seventy pounds right now, and I might even go to eighty pound limbs, and um, and so okay. Yeah, I like. I want. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to go as heavy as I possibly can, um, because I got to thinking about. It. And guys, go watch Rance Ferry. He's he's something else. I mean, he's he's a character for sure. But he he tests all of his stuff on hogs in Texas. So if it works on a hog, it'll work on a deer. I mean, mm-hmm. that's you know. Um, so anyway, um, so I'm I'm gonna try to go as heavy as I possibly can with it, and because. Um, even that dough that I well, shot. You're built like a Viking, so 80 pounds is kind of like my 60 pounds, I mean, probably. Yeah, you know, like you could probably be pulling back 100 if you wanted to. Well, I thought about I. There's the APA Mamba is they make a 95 pound limb for it. Good lord. I'm only thinking about that. I'm getting, I'm kind of scared because that thing blows up in my hand, and it's like, yeah, that's a lot of tension on there, you know. <laughs> but you're talking about you. Uh, you think you could draw back a 95 pound bow? Yeah, I could draw back a 95 pound bow. I don't know. Like it, it, it would take some time to get accurate with it. I promise you, I couldn't. Yeah, I could, I could draw it back. Um, and um, now it'd just be interesting to see how long you could hold it. And that, that's the other thing too. Those, those high poundage bows. You know, I see people hold it. Pounds, you know, bro. pull it back, and they just like, you know, part of it is let off, and, and I understand yeah. that. But I want to be able to. Um, I want, heavy bow. I want to be able to pull. I'm gonna be able to pull my arrow back and not worry about trying to just get it so fine that if I miss it by an inch, you know, like it, like if if he's quartering to me, I want to put it on the front shoulder, squeeze it off, and I want it to go through the front shoulder and hit the heart and the lungs, and he dies. The vital V. Vital V. And so that's that's what I want to do, you know. Um, and so so we'll see where that goes. 
So, oh, man. We're going to build a heavy arrow. 95-pound limbs. and I would love to have 95-pound limbs. 1,200-grain arrow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just be mashing through stuff. Just, Just be mashing through stuff. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Oh, my gosh. You'd be shooting through, like, trees. Oh, I don't. Well, I, I, I got to pass through on an oak tree today. <laughs> I tried to shoot through a tree this year at, at a doe and it didn't work. And so I'm, I'm also um, I'm building a um, a smoker. Oh yeah, because um, I'm, I'm getting into processing my own deer meat now. Um, just because I got looking at the prices of it all, and I'm like, eh, yeah, okay. You could, I mean, you could buy what you need to process. I could buy deer. I, with- I could buy what I need for the price it would cost to process two deer. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. and so, um, so I'm, I'm building me a smoker so I can do some summer sausage and nice. uh, snack sticks and jerky and stuff like that. And um, um, what's it I cost am, to process a deer? Like 65, 70 bucks. Well, the last one that I got processed, um, it was ninety five. Ninety five bucks. But most of them are anywhere from sixty five to ninety five. Yeah. So know? I mean, if you have a four deer season or so. I mean, you're, and that's that. That's just you your basics. A, you could buy a nice processing that's not, setup. That's not that's not summer sausage. That's not sausage. Mm-hmm. That's just your basic cut. Mm-hmm. So you get into sausage. There's a guy down in Florida that used to do all of our deer, and if it was a good mature deer, and we did sausage, it was a minimum of 150 bucks. That's how Texas was. And so I mean, you, you figure four deer, that's a heck of a lot of money, you know. And and yeah, and I understand, man. Like. The guys that do it, let them do it. I mean, if if you don't have a background in it, I kind of grew up doing it when my grandfather he had a processing plant. So, for guys that don't know how to do it, man, just take it to somebody. That's that's totally cool. I'm not against that at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but if you can, it's just cool too because you know it's it literally is <laughs> hoof to table. It's not farmer table, but it's it's hoof to table, mm-hmm. and so. It's cool. I mean, you you know, I know that that one's gonna be spicy right there. Oh yeah, that piece is gonna be spicy. That's gonna be spicy. Well, man, we're looking at a good, good 2020 season. I think we are, and two think? more donuts to eat. And there's two more donuts. Yes. So we're gonna get off of this thing. Yes, and we're gonna get ready for turkey season. We're gonna bust some turkeys in the head. Yep. And so, hey, if you uh, if you like this if you like this podcast if you like the previous episodes or this episode, uh, make sure and leave us a review on iTunes, um, or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, I don't know if other places do reviews or not. But, I don't know. But I know that iTunes does. But someone on Facebook who will remain nameless, Walter Lee, made sure to say for all the Android users, where can I get podcasts from? He did He did do that. I saw him do that. He's trolling you pretty hard. I don't But uh, there, there's a, there's a, a He's healthy amount. He's killed one in Florida. It don't matter. There's a healthy amount of... Um, negative ratings on iTunes as well, which are pretty funny to read. Um, but if you uh, if you like this podcast, it would mean a lot if you go and give us a rating on iTunes, wherever you're listening to it at. Um, check us out on Instagram at Southern Ground Hunting, on Facebook at Southern Ground Hunting, and on YouTube on the Sportsman's Nation channel. Were you in a giveaway on Facebook? I'm not now. Not now, but but you but did. I did just do a giveaway. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it I was not a. It wasn't a gimmicky giveaway. Uh, you didn't have to like anything. You didn't have to follow anything. You didn't have to do any of that. All you had to do was just post a picture, and the picture with the most likes. And guys, you're going to be seeing more hat. of that. I mean, you know, yeah. we don't, as you can tell, we're we're not gimmicky here by no Try stretch of the imagination. 
If you so, don't like Southern Ground, then you don't have to follow it. I don't care. I mean, you, you don't. I'm still <laughs> gonna eat my donut. I mean, yeah. it doesn't, you know, I'm still gonna kill deer, and I'm still gonna. <laughs> so I'm still gonna have fun. Yes. So if you don't like Southern Ground, what is it? If you don't chew big red gum, then is <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> on Talladega Nights? <laughs> what I'll do with my hands? What I'll do with my hands? <laughs> no, but uh, yep. God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth, so go out and exercise that dominion. We'll talk to you later.